Green Deal is not only about uh, protecting our environment, but this is also growth strategy. Today, the Florence School of Regulation welcomes European Commissioner for Energy, Kadri Simpson, to discuss how the European Green Deal will shape Europe's future. In part two of the Net Zero podcast special edition with Commissioner Simpson, we will take a look at energy taxation and the path towards a just transition. This is Net Zero, a podcast by the Florence School of Regulation about the energy transition and climate change. I am Joanna Freitas, and in this series, I'm inviting myself into the minds of some truly insightful people with very different perspectives. Commissioner Simpson, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. I wanted to turn our attention to carbon pricing for a moment. Uh, to achieve the level of ambition on carbon emissions that is proposed in the European Green Deal, the EU needs an effective carbon pricing throughout the economy. And today, the emissions trading system still only applies to a subset of carbon-emitting industries and has many exemptions and exceptions. What are the Commission's plans for setting this effective carbon pricing policy? Well, energy taxation and uh, future carbon border mechanism, they are actually under the direct responsibility of my colleague, Commissioner Paolo Gentiloni, who is responsible for taxes. But... Um, We do know that uh, around European Union, we have a problem that um, energy taxation in some parts of EU is not treating renewables and uh, fossil fuels equally. And um, in some cases, uh, well, the taxation is more favorable towards uh, fossils, fossil fuels. So this is not uh, the right balance. But uh, you were asking about uh, carbon border mechanism. Well, we want to um, protect the um, uh, competitiveness of our industry. And if we are fulfilling all the criteria, if we are taking care of our um, environment and, um, and more polluting um, sectors have to pay ETS system, then we expect that our uh, trading partners, partners will do the same. And that's why um, the message that um, we might introduce carbon border tax is very important um, even for our closest neighbors. That please don't invest into the polluting um, coal energy power plants because um, there will be no uh, market for electricity because we will take um, very close attention uh, what is a carbon footprint of your product. So um, our main goal is to um, find like-minded partners that will also uh, take care of their carbon footprint. The carbon border tax is a very powerful idea, but at the same time, there's a certain complexity in determining the carbon content of imports and exports. And there's also a risk of starting a trade war with the EU's trading partners. How do you see those two obstacles being overcome for the implementation of a carbon border tax? Well, there is no um, reason to start a trade war. That's why if Commissioner Paolo Gentiloni will propose a carbon border mechanism, then it will be compatible with uh, WTO regulation and rules. Um, but this is a... Um, tool that we can use to well to explain to our main trading partners that um, this is not only our share that uh, counts in overall uh, global emissions 
but uh, all our partners have to um, do their part. And basically, there are different sectors. I am responsible for energy, and in the energy sector, we see the easy solutions that uh, we shouldn't buy coal, well, electricity that is produced uh, in coal power plants. If if their only um, advantage is that they are not paying the taxes that um, factories or industry inside European Union has to pay. Let's go back to the money side of things. You were mentioning before the Just Transition Fund. And I wanted to ask you, how do you see the funding of the different sources to reach the European Commission's investment plan? Because they rely on mobilizing also the private sector and member states' governments' contributions to to this plan. How do you see that the Commission will be able to... um, trigger those investments from uh, from private and national governments? Well, our latest addition to the next multi-annual financial framework is a just transition fund that adds um, fresh 7.5 billion euros. But I think that um, the most important thing is that in next MFF, uh, we will mainstream the climate ambition. So uh, every third euro has to go to fulfill our climate ambition. So um, this is uh, the majority of the investment that we are expecting for upcoming seven years. On top of that, there will be um, um, InvestEU funds uh, that will and different favorable loans. We know that uh, Also, European Investment Bank has announced that part of them will be a climate bank in the future. Of course, um, all the national governments, they have to add their own uh, co-financing. And uh, why should they? Well, basically, Green Deal is not only about uh, protecting our environment, but this is also growth strategy. So if you will uh, invest into new technologies, then basically this... um, this adds up to your growth and uh, it uh, benefits your economy. Some segments of the population and some regions are particularly affected by the green transition, as it is the case of people living in regions strongly reliant on coal. On the other hand, energy poverty remains an important issue, with many climate policies being regressive. That means they disproportionately affect the poor. Could you share what will the just transition mechanism look like in terms of not leaving anyone behind, as you mentioned before? And how will the Commission convince countries there are net contributors to come forward and pay for this contribution? Well, just transition mechanism will uh, support all the member countries. Uh, not all of them are mining fossil fuels and and they don't have a mining regions, but um All around the Europe, we have uh, factories that are losing their uh, market share because of the te- technological solutions they are using right now. Um, saying that, all around the Europe, we do have consumers or um, people who are troubled um, with paying their electricity bills or or uh, heating bills uh, that might be uh, higher than everyday or every monthly electricity bills. And... Um, We do hope that we can help them with our innovation wave. Um, It is um, obvious that uh, if you will renovate your old building, then um, you will consume significantly less energy uh, in the future. 
for example, in eastern part of Europe, where we do have lots of uh, row houses that were built in 70s and 80s, after the ongoing renovation, the heating bills are almost half than they used to be before renovation. So um, this is significant um, change. And, um, well, European Commission can't do it alone. We are dependent on the regional support and uh, support of mayors. And for that um, context, we do have um, a amazing uh, partner that is called Covenant of Mayors. So thousands of local mayors who are very much interested about those uh, uh, possibilities that renovation wave gives to them. First of all, lower uh, heating bills. But secondly, renovation is very labor-intensive. It creates new jobs. What are the main challenges you anticipate in the implementation of the European Green Deal? Well, we can achieve this um, very ambitious target when we do have public acceptance. So we know that um, behind this Green Deal, um, there are school kids who came to the streets and asked for a less polluting uh, way of life. But uh, we need also support of the overall public, their parents and grandparents who are paying everyday heating bills. And for that uh, reason, we have to show that uh, it is achievable so that we are still taking care of our consumers and our industry and so that Europe will stay competitive uh, comparing to the other regions. Commissioner Simpson, the Florence School of Regulation invited its online community to send in their questions for you. We selected a few and would love to hear your thoughts on them. How is the EU Commission planning to get all consumers on board the energy transition? Well, I do believe that uh, people do care about their, their environment. But there are small things that we can do. One of them is that um, that all the consumers, uh, they, they need to be aware uh, if they are consuming um, any kind of appliances, what is the consumption or energy efficiency of, of those appliances. And that's why our eco-labeling has been a pretty good success. And the other thing that uh, that we are expecting uh, is that consumers in the future will not be only consumers, but, but they may be also small producers. Um, every house has a rooftop. And if our grids will be flexible, then uh, then you can produce and at the same time consume the energy. So um, those these kind of energy communities or small producers um, will give opportunity to everyone. What are the global implications of the European Green Deal beyond uh, Europe's borders? Well, in energy sector, the three main pillars are people, planet and partners. And uh, people are our consumers, but uh, planet um, is um, the, the overall environment and European Union produces only 9% of greenhouse gases globally. That means that we need um, like-minded partners around the world. I have had a chance to participate in COP25 and I have met with several um, ministers around the world during IRENA's annual assembly and um, International Energy Agency's annual assembly. And um, that shows me that um, lots of governments 
are following very closely what we are doing here in Europe. And um, they are ready to, well, to follow our example. So um, closing down coal power plants is uh, not happening only inside Europe, but uh, similar process is ongoing also in China or United States. Yes, they are replacing uh, coal power plants with LNG power plants or with nuclear. But, uh, but still, even if you consider that um, this will be replaced with natural gas, it still pollutes um, 60, 60% less than a coal power plant. Um, for us, the most uh, important regions are Western Balkans and uh, North Africa. We do see that um, there is a growing demand of electricity and we want to help them with um, know-how and technological solutions so that they can uh, use um, more renewables and uh, less um, polluting um, solutions. Commissioner Simpson, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. We would also like to thank the Florence School of Regulation Energy Online Community for their questions. Next time on Net Zero. I think that the keywords are flexibility and being agile. Thank you for tuning into Net Zero. You can catch new episodes, subscribe, and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts.